0: Yes, I'm sure I want to record. Jesus. (laughs) Oh my God. What's up, ladies, gentlemen, and others? My name is Cheryl Norton, and I've smoked my medicine, and I've popped an antidepressant, so let's do another fucking episode of Binge. Why not? Uh, (laughs) That's the best I could do for any kind of intro. I'm like, I feel like it it sets you up to know exactly what's about to happen. Like that's. (laughs) But my guest today is, uh, we're trying something new. Uh, He actually isn't in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I have to preface that because any comedy nerds out there would get very excited if if they think you're in town. But uh, JT Habersat, what's up, dude?
1: Hey, man. How are you?
0: Oh, you. I'm it? living dreams, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now now you, look, you look
1: very professional. I know this is audio, but you you have this awesome like you got headphones and a, an actual like yeah. radio mic, and I am in my bedroom with Dungeons and Dragons posters <laughs> Hey, man,
0: if it was up to me, like if it was, you know, just me like kind of doing like a manifesto style podcast, that's what I would be doing. So but yeah, because I have guests, I have to, you know, be a little professional.
1: <laughs> you just need to borrow your beard and work on this manifesto. Some more, yeah. <laughs> no, my buddy
0: recently, uh, he had a beard down to like we're talking like chest level. And yeah. then I saw him. He just shaved like and so it's up here. I was walking by him just being like, wow, that fucking guy looks like Gary. And then he just goes, Hey, Terrell. I go, Oh, (laughs) yeah.
1: Shocking. Well, you and I were talking before we started rolling about Kyle Kinane and I checked in with him like a week ago and Kyle looks like a crazy person right now. His beard. Oh, I follow him
0: on Instagram and I am, I'm fucking here for it, man. (laughs) It is like
1: building a cabin in the woods, beard.
0: Yep. That and, is not, like, a wizard beard or, like, a, no. anything. That is, like, a dirt wizard beard. You know what I mean? Well, like, he was
1: telling me he accidentally tripped his uh, sister's alarm.
0: Uh, I when saw he, that
1: when he, the cops, cops are in the backyard and shit. Yeah, and cops showed up, and, and they were like, yeah, this guy is building a fort. And, like, <laughs> he definitely fit the description of a breaking <laughs> and entering guy. And so uh, that, that, all, that all calmed down and everything's cool. But, man, right. you know, I was like, that beard is uh, – <laughs> that is a wicked beard you have, right, sir.
0: I love it whenever the only way to describe a beard is problematic like <laughs> <laughs> exactly. now you actually know like this it's this is new for me on the podcast, like you actually know Kyle canain, like you know. The oh, yeah. guys that we generally talk about on the show as, as being guys that I look up to in comedy and things like that. But you actually know them like you're like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about this fart joke you told me one time. Oh, I'm God,
1: like, did that sound name drop? I hope I didn't sound name drop. <laughs> uh,
0: no, not at all. Like, it's, I'm just so much of a nerd that it's like any name drop that someone does do, even just cavalier, like in conversation, I'm like, tell me all about them.
1: Uh, I'll like, <laughs> yeah, get, well, get the appeal of that, too. I mean, it's it's. Yeah, I mean, I'm a working class comic, and so that's how I think of myself, anyway. Um, and so inevitably, you cross paths with a lot of kind of people that have similar mindsets. And I'm, I'm I'm a fan of Kyle. You know, I'm a fan of any of these people that I'm lucky enough to to call friends or peers or whatever you want to call them. But. Well, yeah,
0: and I mean, of course, we have to bring up that you know you're on tour. I mean, you're in a break right now, but you're on tour with the bitter Buddha himself, Mr. Eddie Pepita- Epit- yeah. Pepitone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like he'd appreciate that I fucked up his name. Uh...
1: <laughs> but- uh, a person who will go unnamed brought him up at Altercation Fest one time by the wrong name. They called him like Dave Pepitone. No, and, yeah, they were announcing him on stage <laughs> with headlines saying like "Make some noise for Dave Pepitone," and everybody was like, "Woo!" Everybody knew it was Eddie anyway, but they're like, "What the fuck was that?" It was, <laughs> it was this weird right like after his career
0: now he's going with a stage name
1: that dude (laughs) was like oh my god he like i think he went straight to the parking lot because he was so like
0: oh i've done it just with like you know like regional mediocre (laughs) comics and i felt like shit so i wouldn't even be able to imagine like i fucked up the headliner man
1: (laughs) that's pretty brutal um but that that's how it goes but yeah yeah no eddie and i have been working together on and off for over a year not counting the covid shit um, right. and we're starting to actually uh next week we start picking up doing some shows again so
0: hell yeah i always like to say 2021's motto should be now where were we
1: that's it. well that's Canaan's new tour that's what it's called now is where it we're really here. oh we're the name of this tour yeah i feel so good that i had like
0: the same mindset as one of my okay cool uh <laughs> <laughs> No, so and I, I actually uh, I will go ahead and be a little bit. Uh, I'll, we talked about it before we started recording, but um, you know, uh, you let I'm on your festival altercation fest, that's, that's I'm and uh, very excited. By the way, uh, I don't know if I expressed that because I, I had to tell the story of this one. But uh, on the actual poster, you include all of the comics that are as lowly as me that are on the show, which I think is fucking amazing.
1: Well, Damn. yeah, I mean, I do, but I also don't think of any of the comics on the festival as lowly. I mean, I know what you're saying. I, I think of I'm think i a as comedian. Com- you and I both know I'd, I'm never going to be like, oh, I'm great. Like- <laughs> yeah, well, of course. Yeah, that never goes away. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, fresh faces, I guess, is the best way to do it. Oh, and it's absolutely. Funny you, I do that um, intentionally. I, try, I put every single person's name on that poster because that matters. And what's hilarious to me is the general public will bitch either, A, it's too hard to read. Right. Why did you do that? why did you include all 80 fucking comics (laughs) or there's a bizarre pecking order thing that comics don't do it but fans of friends will say wow your name is like a a 12 point font right and that guy got an eight point font you're fucking crushing it bro like (laughs) the, the public determines where you are on the height of your font scale, which I guess makes sense because the headliners are obviously larger, but it's also sometimes people just have long names.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and even funnier too, is that it's like when it came out, I saw it and, of course, immediately made a big deal to my old lady and everything like that and was just kind of like, look at this, man. I'm on the same fucking poster as, like, Eddie Pepitone and Brian Pissane and all this shit. And then – but what was really funny and what we were talking about before we recorded was that Eddie Pepitone posted on his social media. He posted the poster – And I like ran into my old lady's office being like, babe, babe, Eddie Pepitone posted something with my name on it. And she was like, she kind of looks at me and I go, don't get me wrong. He still has no fucking idea who I am, but he posted it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, wait till the actual fest when I have all the screen printed ones. I'm going to do it. I'm doing uh, nightly screen printed posters this year with everybody's name. So there'll be that. Um, But yeah, man, I mean, it's, i remember when i first started getting on festivals you know i i did a bunch of the like punk rock bowling fests and right uh in 2019 before covid shut everything down i was lucky enough to headline the fest in gainesville hell yeah Uh, and like the comedy part of that not the music right obviously (laughs) that was fucking against me uh anyway oh that's
0: fucking fantastic
1: the fest is great um but here nor there, I mean, it's the type of thing. I remember when I first started getting on those festivals. Yeah, having your name on that alongside all that other stuff is cool, and it's validating, and it's important. Um, and even though, you know, you or, or some of these other comics are may, might not be as well known to the, the altercation crowd, um, you're, you're hev- by getting on the fest, you're heavily vouched for. You know what I mean? Like, I Absolutely. take the screening process super seriously. And I'm lucky enough that the crowd that comes to the festival trusts my kind of curation. And so mm-hmm. a lot of comics have, you know, kind of, I don't want to say broken out, but have had stellar sets <laughs> the festival and gained a lot of new fans, you know. Like, Hell yeah. You know, there's like Ray Porter comes to mind from nice. uh, up in Arkansas, who's hysterical and he just crushed. And, you know, um, Stetson Banks is another one. And
0: I love that guy. I mean, he's one of those comics that it's like, he's close to me and everything like that and we've never met but we still know each other.
1: Stetson's wonderful and so funny and I know and you know Ray's very funny too and I've seen them great oh, yeah. but there's something about when you're on a festival and you know, it's a sold out crowd and you're with a, a Pepitone or a Posehn or whoever watching you. Oh yeah. That it makes you level up or I guess cripple and terror, fortunately that hasn't <laughs> happened too much. <laughs> one of the two uh, and I am terrified <laughs> of
0: the second one. <laughs>
1: nah, but, but I've seen comics that I know kind of have that spark level up in front of me. And I'm like, man, this is fucking cool. Hell and yeah. so, yeah, I mean, also we get a lot of applications and stuff. So the fact that you're on the festival you've already jumped through a lot of hoops as far as not that my personal tastes dictate shit. But I wouldn't be so bold. I think it definitely still
0: counts though. I mean, shit for me, especially like I, I applied to the altercation fest. uh My first time I actually didn't get in. And I remember I was, I was kind of bummed and everything like that, but I remember getting a message from you being like, Hey man, just keep trying. You know what I mean? And that right there is, I like, I made that decision in my head of like, oh well yeah i just got too comfortable i haven't been writing new shit i haven't been you know what i mean and i actually was like i have to do better because that's my goal is to be on that festival next year
1: yeah man well you're, you're here now and i mean right? I, I don't i don't send that message to everyone also um to a degree. oh yeah no
0: i'm not saying hey send jt your videos so he can send oh, no. you
1: a personal fucking message <laughs> although, although one comic this year that was very upset Sent my personal email out to 500 comics in a Facebook group and said, "Please be my advocate," and that didn't go well. What? Uh, That was that was a bad play.
0: Um, (laughs) That's the equivalent of like
1: you bomb and saying this crowd sucks. It was that was. I mean, it's whatever. (laughs) I just didn't respond to it, but it it actually backfired in their in their face kind of. It was the wrong play to make. Anyway, um, I just I can't like the balls of that like. It was a desperate move. He, he, The person had no real other alternative, but it was also still the wrong move. Oh, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. note the note comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, if you're just, out there. <laughs> do, not, do not send their personal information to Facebook groups and say, please contact this person. That's the comedy
0: um, equivalent of like revenge porn or something like yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs>
1: it was a real bad idea. Um,
0: well, and anyway, I mean, like with the uh, with the altercation and everything like that, you uh, every year you kind of do this thing where you're you release headliners slowly, but surely not all at once. And yeah. so you've already done one. Re- uh, you you have Eddie Pepitone and Brian Pissane on, but then you did your first surprise headliner re- uh, announcement. And uh, yeah. how did that go?
1: I went great. I mean, it's this year's a little different in the past. I've done it in, in full on waves, you mm-hmm. know, like so far out. You know, October is not that far away, but far enough. It's a couple months out that, you know, I like to have stuff to keep people's interest as it goes. Absolutely. But this year, having to cancel last year was such a crusher on all levels. Um,
0: You can rarely understand the tone of a message. And last year, when you had to send that to all of us, you could definitely tell that tone of, like, listen, I know this fucking sucks, but we got to (laughs) cancel.
1: It fucking And I, I lasted as long as I could Like I didn't cancel it yeah. until it became up Yeah we didn't
0: get that Like you didn't send that out until I want to say Probably about right about now Like you know what I mean
1: Like um, Yeah well I had scaled back capacity I knew that was going to be a factor And so right. I was already gonna a beating on the money end of it But I didn't care I didn't want to cancel And yeah. then it came to the point where I was like Alright well you know Safety is going to become A real issue here and I just I, I Ethically I couldn't do it And so I didn't want people to have flights and stuff all booked and have that as a giant headache. And so once it became apparent that even if we could theoretically do it, like Texas would say you're allowed, I wasn't going to be able to ethically do it. Right.
0: Like you still want to sleep at night.
1: uh, Yeah. And, you know, but it sucks. Um, But here we are now. And so what I I did, I I announced pretty much 90 percent of the lineup in one fell swoop a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago. Because I wanted to come out and kind of have people be like, we are back. Here's yeah. a fucking avalanche of talent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm going to keep some stuff in my back pocket to kind oh, of spread yeah. around. So, yeah, so I just, you know, well, The Road Live is my kind of online talk show. And so I'm bringing in all sorts of rock stars and comics for that. I'm kind right. Of and I
0: mean, the- I mean, and that's you said twice a month now, The Road
1: twice a month now we're out, we're on our we just wrapped our second season so i'm on a break until the end of uh end of june beginning of july and where pretty- can
0: uh, people listen to those or watch them or go
1: to the road live with <laughs> jt.com go on there basically it's it's a live show with me plus three guests and so if you miss it you kind of miss it it's not one of these hey I right. can buy the room. although at the end of each season for a limited time we do like a season pass where you can buy the archived episodes and watch them hell yeah and a percentage of each show goes to Austin charities, either for performing mental health or like uh no kill shelter animal stuff. And so your, be- uh, your
0: 2021 charities, like everyone, like back in the day was always like, Oh, we're going to send it for these diseases or whatever. But we now realize that none of those people are getting that money. So we're like, no, no mental health or pets. That's all we right. care about now.
1: And, and honestly, that's all I really care about. altruistically. Right? Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, um, and for a while, you know, because I started, like I said, the, the network, which is called Next Week Rocks, approached me. They wanted me to do a stand-up show. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that because I don't like the the Zoom comedy format. But I said, how about yeah. this? I want something kind of like Paul Provenza's Green Room. And it's a live thing in, in the moment. And we kind of fine-tuned it. It worked out well. And so um, this will be, the, the the festival will be the first time I have it as a live on stage format. Hell yeah. And uh, I mean, I've done altercation road stories in the past where I have like, I've had like Cheetah Crumb from the Dead Boys and Very my friend cool. Kyle from uh, Kyle, the guitarist from The Sword, and Dave. I, from- I
0: have to take a yeah. second to tell you that I fucking love The Sword. Like, <laughs>
1: they're great. They're fucking awesome, dude. I, I did shows with them too. And you want to talk about a, <laughs> a difficult crowd to crack. <laughs> <Holy>
0: <laughs> Stoner Metal <laughs> fans are not exactly easily impressed. Like,
1: yeah, it wasn't so much, they, they went with it. Like, they weren't. They weren't combative, but they were like, what's this now? Because they were so right. stoned. And so you could just hear beers beard <laughs> grow. Um, so, yeah, that, that was wild. But, yeah, now Kyle is one of my closest friends. He'll probably be at the festival, too. Cool. Um, Don't but, tell
0: me that, man. I'm trying not to be nervous. That's. <laughs>
1: yeah, if he's home, he'll be there. I got to check with him and see his schedule. He's hell, going, yeah. They're going out with Primus this Oof. summer. Jesus. Um, see, name drop city right <laughs> here. So, <laughs> Well, if anyway, any you
0: have names to drop me, I'm like, yeah, we had uh, Quinn Blakely on the show not so long ago. He's pretty good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, in comparison to Kyle Kinane, uh, Quinn Blakely is a, just a nice guy who does comedy like that's
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've certainly there's been times where I, you know, I met. Well, I don't want to go down this road. It'll sound gross. But There's been people, <laughs> where, there's been people I've met where I, I've, I've been a little fan struck. But they're just people. I mean, that's the thing to bear in well, mind. Well,
0: no, is. now you have to tell me one of them, at least one of them.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> well, um, when I was running, I used to run this thing called Altercation Magazine, and mm-hmm. I interviewed Mike Patton from Faith the More a few times. Oh, wow. He we kind of hit it off because he's kind of a wise-ass, and I didn't ask him dumb questions. And so <laughs> he, uh, he wore an altercation shirt on stage in front of 50,000 people in Russia. Yeah, with Mister Bungle. Oh, no, with Phantomus, and I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" He's all the <laughs> shit.
0: That's one of those just and kind of like you can't help it. You're just like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!"
1: That was crazy to me. Somebody sent me the photo. They're like, "They're wearing your shirt." Mike Patton's wearing your shirt in front of fifty thousand people. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, um, and then we happened to both be doing a festival together. He was with Tomahawk, uh-huh. and we ended up. I was like. Mike Patton's here. I'm going to find him. And then we ran into each other and we talked like he's a big foodie. So we talked barbecue and shit for like a half Fuck hour. Fuck yeah. That was just rad to me. Um, and meeting Nick Cave was like shaking hands with dragon. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: Was... That's, that's one of those definitely like, okay, no sudden movements. I don't yeah. want to.
1: <laughs> it was very cool, but I was, he's such an intense dude that I was like, this is someone I never want angry at me. And right. Like it was one of those moments where like, you know, we chatted a little bit, but like, I want to say nothing because if I say if I say the dumb thing to Nick Cave, I'll be that guy forever.
0: Forever, because uh, um, it also just kind of seems like he has the memory of like, oh, I remember you. You're a piece of shit.
1: Like he's, he's a steel trap. Yeah, I, I, I think Nick Cave is still angry at someone for when he was seventeen, probably. Yeah, right. He's like, uh, yeah. oh no, the, there
0: are five songs about this one piece of shit right. human being.
1: Yeah, yeah the mercy seat was about you. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, man. But you know, so the first guest that we announced that's coming in is David Yao from the Jesus Lizard. So I'm fucking hell yeah. stoked on that. He's uh, we gotten to be kind of buddies, and um, so he's going to be live at the festival. And and I'm announcing it tomorrow, but this 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 will be out by the time.
0: Oh yeah, this is out tomorrow. next week. So
1: all right, so let's drop the exclusive. Uh, the the next guest I'm announcing tomorrow is uh, Blag, the lead singer from the Dwarves, is coming in. Oh shit. Yeah. He's gonna be on yeah. the show and also doing a live set of bla- of uh, dwarves. Materials, hey, I don't so. know if you've heard this, but the dwarves must die. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I have heard. And depending on uh, which member, I tend to agree. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, Blag, uh, legendary Blag Dahlia from the Dwarves will be at Altercation Fest this year. Jesus. As a part of the road live and also doing a uh, solo set of Dwarves hits. So that'll be That's cool. fucking be amazing. Um, and there's about four to six others that will be dropping between now and Oh, wow. Uh, I had, I don't even know if I should say this or not. Yeah, uh, fuck them. But they, it's yeah. not like they're listening
0: to my podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. Well,
1: nah, I'll, I'll tell you off there. I, okay. I had, I had someone almost booked and then the last minute their manager kind of fucked it up. And I was like, oh, man, i not to do manager, but, um. yeah, no, I'm excited, man. So it's, it's kind of a, a cavalcade of uh of people coming in and, and it's over oh, yeah. halloween weekend, so that'll be fucking cool so Man, i love
0: out. that it's around halloween time that shit makes me happy
1: <laughs> yeah it was always in september but then another festival in austin that's way bigger than me decided that september is a good time to take my week <laughs> <laughs> which was real cool of them and so uh <laughs> i'm like all right well i can't compete with your budget so I, i'll move right uh, but halloween weekend makes more sense anyway that's just cool oh so,
0: yeah it's just for the crowd that tends to to be into that kind of comedy or festival or whatever and
1: uh so yeah
0: well before we get started on like the show and everything like that uh i i did actually bring up altercation fest on a previous episode because oh, we were talking about like uh Lords and things like that and i was like oh, yeah we were like <laughs> we, i brought up uh, altercation because we were talking about like no, no 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 you can still kind of push the envelope Without just being a fucking asshole It's called doing the work And and so I basically brought up That I was like Altercation Fest is an entire festival Of people who do just that Like they push the envelope But they're not like dropping you know An Mm -hmm. n-word or anything like that Being like
1: oh you just don't
0: get it It's like dude you gotta do the fucking work And be a comic
1: I'm very very aware of that in the booking process Because uh, having worked a lot With like Stanhope and stuff Mm-hmm. Um, or even now on tour with eddie because we're both kind of ranty right um, degree of I, I i try and let promoters handle who they want as local support you know because right it would lo- i'd lose my mind trying to curate every fucking show and i want to be surprised too i don't know all the comics so i want to see what the local scene has absolutely but every once in a while especially you know doug and i haven't been working together lately because i've been doing stuff with eddie but when Stanhope and I would do shows, we'd inevitably get a, a comment on the bill that's like, I'm going to out these two motherfuckers. And right. Like, We're kind of missing the point. Um, <laughs> but we also shocked
0: that, people because, like, uh, our shit's tight, you know what I mean? Like, Stanhope well, especially, like, I've seen his, like, a few of his rants where he kind of just goes off. But mm-hmm. the thing he's going off about isn't, like cancel culture or something like that it's like you do know nationalism is the dumbest shit ever you know what I mean and shit like that that's what he does
1: but everybody who always gets kind of comics that get upset for being like oh you can't handle me or whatever always point to like Bill Hicks or Richard Pryor yeah and, and that's fine uh, and they're all heroes for a reason. There's also only like three of them that come up every time again right. and again. <laughs> it's <fucking> hard <laughs> to like be, uh, to tap dance around really sensitive subjects yeah. and make it funny and have a point where the audience trusts you and follows you. The big, the biggest thing that I try to adhere to personally is the concept of. Nothing is off limits. like no topic is off limits. No. no no words are necessarily off limits, although a lot of them are really ill-advised. <laughs> uh, but if you use those topics or your those specific words in your act, it absolutely fucking better uh have a point and it better be funny and and feed into a point of um having something to say that isn't just dropping those words or those topics to get a, a shock reaction absolutely. And I so, think,
0: too, like those edgelords that they'll come on and they've got like, you know, it's like rape joke, rape joke, rape joke, rape joke. Good night. And you're like, dude, what the fuck was that? Like, you yeah. want to be known as the rape joke guy? Like, seriously, that's yeah. the thing is that yeah. it's like you have you know, to have something to say exactly what you're talking about. Like,
1: yeah. And some people bristle just to that word. You know, like I, I used to do a bit. It's actually on my first special on Stand-Up Breakfast, <laughs> where where I was, you know, talking about moving from New York to Texas and the slogan in Austin, keep Austin weird and that whole thing about, you know, how New York and, and Texas weirdness vary. <laughs> and they're very, right. different. <laughs> you know, one of the first things that proved Texas's weirdness ability is, you know, I went outside in my front yard and there was a shirtless eight-year-old running around just wearing a ski mask. <laughs> and I said, you know, it looked like somebody put a rapist in the dryer too long was the, the book. <laughs> <laughs> and it always worked and, but uh but some people would hear rapist and immediately go uh and but, it, but i have it right now that i don't want to talk about but there, there's a racial angle to it but there's right. absolutely nothing racist about it it's just the fact that i'm talking about a specific race in right. context. Of something all but, you have
0: to do now is just bring up a race and yeah. people just kind of yeah. tighten up you know so
1: but that's fine i found also it's i mean i'm coming from a place of having been in the game over a decade. And so people kind of know me and, and give me a little more rope, I guess. Like, they they yeah. trust me not to go on some racist tirade. Right. Or they know that I'm coming from a place. And I'll call them on it, too. If they tighten up, I'll say, there's nothing wrong with that joke. Tell me where it's racist. Yep. I'll yell at the audience. Um, <laughs> I'm not above yelling at the audience. I'm you not. <laughs> know? And if you think I do it, you should see fucking Eddie or
0: Chad Daniels. I have seen Eddie do it, and it is absolutely <laughs> magic. Like, I sw- I've never <laughs> seen someone insult... Yeah. audience members specifically and the audience member is laughing and going yeah, you're right
1: yeah <laughs> because you're being the fucking you're being an arms folded prick you know or whatever yeah. or, or whatever we did a show in rural connecticut some comedy club and it was a lot of just rich white people yeah and i'm going man they're gonna love us let's see how this goes. <laughs> yeah you know and, your guys's wheelhouse rich white people yeah and it was fine <laughs> like we had fun and we did our jobs but there was eddie just said I said this one old woman, he, what do you say? It looks like your son just changed the will or something like that, and just <laughs> fucking eviscerated this woman in front of me, and I laughed so hard because at a certain point you didn't even do it for yourself, you know? It's right, just like, and I did, feel
0: like too when he when you guys were through Tulsa, uh, you know, you did your set and everything, and and whenever <laughs> Eddie came up. The, like within, I want to say ten minutes. He goes, I haven't even done a fucking joke yet. Like yeah. he yeah. was just sitting well, there, just pointing at people, being like, "Hey, you, fuck you!" Like yeah, it was yeah. amazing to watch because, well, like, for
1: ten minutes, this guy just was going off the cuff. Like it was incredible. We were having a great time at that show because you know Tulsa. I like Tulsa, but it's such a weird fucking scene. It really I is. Never know what to expect, and the only other time I'd been out there, like I said, was uh, when I was on tour with Off of Their Heads. We did. The Yeti, which I think is closed now, right? It's like a rock yeah, the road. Yeti
0: closed down, but the owners of the Yeti actually went uh, to another part of downtown and they opened Rabbit Hole.
1: Oh, cool! All right, good. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I, love, I was impressed by because I've done Oklahoma City a lot of times. Cause it's easy to route to, and the I like the promoters, and they treat us really well. But Mm. that scene is so fucking weird. Oklahoma City is so Oh, dude,
0: me and a buddy of mine, we decided we were going to go up to Oklahoma City and just hit a few mics, not like, you know, a showcase or anything, just fucking open mics. And we get up there, and we're on the mic and everything doing our jokes, and not five feet in front of you is like this waitress being like, okay, so did you want french fries or onion rings? And you're like, oh, my God. The crowd is on the other side of this woman. Like, they're hearing her better than they are me. Like...
1: (laughs) Yeah, Tol- uh, Oklahoma City's always been bizarre. Yeah, but Tulsa—you know—the the handful of times I've done it, I, I like your little downtown scene there. It's pretty hip, man. There's some oh, good yeah. restaurants and cool record stores. We and always stuff. like
0: to say that downtown is like this dot of blue and a sea of red. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah. no, for real. I I I've had fun when I've been there. Um, but that show, for whatever reason, was small, and Eddie had never been there before. I think we had like 40 people or something. Yeah, it was upstairs
0: at, uh, at the first shop, I think it is, which has definitely face. got some, uh, some drama uh, oh, yeah. towards I it these days.
1: Going on I, I, I care not to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I heard a little bit about that and said, yeah. I don't oh, know. it
0: increased since then it's oh, got good. new ones now it's yeah well, they're they're real big on it, it
1: man, but uh comedy drama tends to not dissipate yeah <laughs> i don't know if you've heard hey. of austin texas lately but jesus christ yeah <laughs>
0: i i know a few comedians in austin and uh yeah they they've definitely said a few things about like you know things are weird now <laughs> i'm like now i feel like they've been weird the
1: whole time <laughs> i'm so happy to be like on the peripheral of the scene in that I'm, you know, I'm an Austin comic and I know most of the comics here and stuff, but I also like do like four Austin shows a year, including my festival. The rest of the time I'm out of town. And right. So it's like, I really don't get in the mix with that shit. I just kind of watch them afar and go, yeah, I see where that person's pissed off at that person. And yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I just, It definitely
1: uh, makes total sense that you hate them. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to sit back and kind of keep distance from all the fray because comedy scenes can be very, ugh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it always yeah. boils
0: down to like one or two comics that started some shit with another couple of comics or whatever. And I'm always, yeah. I'm always of the mindset that I'm like, I don't care. I'm, I'll work with either of you. I don't care.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we got a lot of big name LA people living here now. So it's gotten to be. Oh, this that's
0: right. Of- I, uh, yeah. Old Austin I mean, kind of. Didn't you guys get the, uh, uh, what, what did my buddy call him recently? He called him the messiah of podcasts. Old Joe Rogan. Didn't he move down there? Yeah
1: rogan's down here now and he's opening a club um, jesus yeah but that's cool you know i i don't know i've i've met rogan once or twice and i think he's funny and i've never i don't have a personal problem with him at all right um i think his podcast is interesting and sometimes it makes me raise my eyebrow in regards to some of his guests right uh, but again i you know some people it's it's do or die on it it's either like fuck yeah rogan's here and i'm all like he's my guy and i'm my goal is to open for him once you know (laughs) do a five spot so i can put that on my fucking imdb for the rest of my life or or the the polar opposite of like uh, they he had alex jones on his podcast once so he's the fucking devil oh yeah all it takes is one guest
0: that they just didn't appreciate and they're like fuck joe rogan forever and i'm like (laughs) I mean, I mean, come on, man. He's
1: just that guy that he's like, I have questions. Like well, that's it. I mean, on the surface, I always ask those people, I said, Well, did you watch that episode? They said, Of course not. I said, Well, <laughs> I, I did. And I understand why you say that, but if you watch that episode, he asks he he says to you know, these people, you sound like a batshit crazy person right now. Do you hear yourself? He right. kind of like talks them. He's not just but you can argue giving someone a platform with that many ears is right
0: giving them a platform, it is kind of a platform. slippery slope it's like uh yeah. who was it michael shea said something about like he of course his joke was uh white people saying the n-word or whatever he goes yeah but that's like kind of like giving an alcoholic a sip of your drink it's a little bit of a slippery slope like right.
1: <laughs> yeah it's but you can pinball all day back and forth about you know point counterpoint i just absolutely um but yeah, I I did hear a little bit about that first shop drama, and
0: uh, <clears throat> oh yeah, now there's more, and it's. But to be honest, like in the grand scheme of things, it's it's which is how I normally try to think. You know, I have trouble with it, but then I'll go home, smoke a bowl, and I'm like,
1: okay, so here we go. We're gonna think about oh, the yeah. grand scheme.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely, man. But, uh, but that, that, uh, as far show- as with Austin, the, though, like I mean,
0: yeah. you guys, you guys don't really have, uh, you know. A whole lot of drama that affects like getting work or anything like that, right? Like you guys are.
1: Um, I no, I mean I don't. Uh, I'll say that. Mm, I mean, so, if there is that, I, I think it's a degree of just self uh, put out there. So, like certain people will be like, "Oh, this venue booked so and so, or this venue booked Joe Rogan." Oh, okay. So, at that venue now, and if you post that on Facebook, um. <laughs> They're, yeah, gonna they're probably, not going to be excited about that. <laughs> there's,
0: there's,
1: there's, there's probably be a time maybe a year from now when there's a show you really want to be on. Right. Where they're gonna remember that. And so, uh, but also, I, I don't know. I mean, if somebody booked like a, a blatantly racist uh, blackface comic or some shit like that, right. I, would be, not, I would be perfectly confident with saying, I'm not going to work this <laughs> and, and deal with the fallout. Um, but if it's something that, you know, just book somebody that's not to my taste. I mean, if somebody books like fucking Carrot Top or something like that, right? Or or, or, or whatever stuff that I just Oof. don't dig. That's
0: yeah, a, ooh, that's, that's a it. rough sell.
1: <laughs> Some of the people like it. They, he still sells out clubs, so yeah. But I don't give a, lie. you know, a room is a room, and if the, absolutely, the promoter is professional and the room is good, then I'll I'll work with them.
0: Yeah, my favorite uh, question that I get whenever people find out I'm a comic, they go, where do you do comedy? And my answer is always, wherever they let me.
1: That, well, that's what's so great about now. Is yeah. that, well, and, well, for real though, like going into 2019, I mean, Eddie and I, we try to do one-nighters as opposed to club weekends because it's more fun. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and generally, you get more personal satisfaction out of doing different crowds every night, and it's it's just for more sure. exciting. Um, and so we did a lot of one-nighters, and you know, me having slugged it out for so long, I know I know a lot of kind of weird spots. So we <laughs> did, you know, we did this place Barleycorn's up in Wichita, which is like a small little cabaret-ish bar. It's fucking great, man. It was like in a snowstorm on a Sunday and packed out. But it's not somewhere you'd say, I, I, I definitely can see laughs happening there, you know what right. I mean?
0: <laughs> um, Half the time, the- it kind of that- seems like those tours are more about like, well, we're still going. That's... <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah. well, that's what's rough is coming out of, you know, the the year that was, is that a lot of those places are gone, which really sucks. It, it really made me and Eddie go, huh, I wonder where we're going to play because you have this right. thing of like, well, it may not be safe enough to do like large-ass spots. Like theaters may not be at capacity, so you're going to get like the Pat Oswalds of the world or the Sarah Silverman's going down to a smaller club by default because it's safer and, you know, less capacity. Oh
0: yeah. And- I think uh, Whitney Cummings was in Oklahoma city yeah. not too long ago. And yeah. I was like, what
1: the exactly. hell? Okay. Right. And so you see that already to a degree. And then that means those size clubs that Eddie and I would do are then downgraded even smaller to what is available. You know, because right. people are going to pick a Whitney Cummings over us. Just to- <laughs> um, and um but then a lot of the smaller places that we would be a no brainer will just, they'll, they'll say yes to us in an instant are gone now. So it's right. kind of a, so it's like, well, what the fuck do you do? That's why you see a lot of these kind of outdoor shows and stuff like that. Kind of
0: Right. Activity. Right. And uh, um, I mean, you also have like, you know, the Bo Burnham's that he just released inside, uh, yeah. which that is, I'm doing that tonight. I have set aside time and everything to where like I'm turning my phone off and I'm going to watch this thing because apparently it's genius.
1: People keep saying that. My phone was blowing up with that. I uh that guy is one of these dudes that's irritatingly talented. I hate it. I hate it mouth, so much. But I watched his last one where it stopped in the middle and like fucking Kanye came up or whatever and lights went down and I was like, I hate this. Like I fucking <laughs> I, I hate whatever this is, but I can't shit on it because it's really good and well done. Um oh, and it's devastating
0: and, to watch, really.
1: Is uh is really really good. So I, am one of those assholes too that I feel beholden because this is my job that I force right. myself to watch it, even though I know I don't want to because I know part of me will like it, but I need to feel informed. <laughs> it was like when that Nanette special dropped. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, which is garbage. I will go on record as yeah. saying I did not. Is- and
0: the worst part is whenever everyone around you is like, "It's so good, it's amazing," and then I watch it and I go, "Did we watch the same fucking like? Did
1: I click the wrong thing?" I was so I, – I tried to stop that special three times watching, and I made myself finish it because the time I was going, all right, I'm friends with a lot of lesbian comics, and these are some basic-ass jokes. Like, these jokes oh, are yeah. real basic, and you know, I have friends that are way more inventive and funnier than this. Yeah. Um, and then halfway through the speak my truth thing where suddenly you're holding the audience hostage. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're talking about serious assault and just all this cri- Like oh, that's your prerogative <laughs> and I understand why people respond to that um, but,
0: but if you showed up for a comedy show and that's where it, it goes comedy. come on there's,
1: there's a reason Henry Rollins has never called his stuff comedy he's called it spoken word because uh-huh. I get licensed to do that shit and so the, the branding really bothered me and then you know her whole shit was basically I have to speak my truth. This is the last show I'm going to do. This is, I'm going out fucking mic drop. Good for you. That's a powerful statement. For sure. So then, how fucking dare you do another tour after that? <laughs> right. Like, come on, man. That's like, some fucking know. Motley crew shit hey, right there. They're exactly like right. farewell
0: tour. Like, fuck Absolutely. you.
1: Get the fuck out of here. You're you going to do five more. <laughs> like you just nullified any of that mic drop to me. Like you basically dropped the mic to the applause and then, Said thank you, goodnight, and then script back out and picked up the Nike and dusted it off and put it back <laughs> in and snuck off in the darkness. Like, I'm going to tell that. this bit again, like <laughs> uh, dude. so. But Bo Burnham, I can't say that because I he's think a he's a legit. Fucking genius. There's not really something about it irks me, but I will watch it because everybody keeps telling me, to, you know. But I, but also, <laughs> here's the thing. You know, the arguments I would get in with friends of mine, someone through I tour with, they'd be like, "You, the net was fucking brilliant. You don't get it." I'm like, no, and here's why. And I can tell you why, because I have an informed opinion. And they'll be like, well, Joe Rogan fucking sucks. And I'm like, did you watch his last special? He'd be like, no. I'm like, well, then you, your opinion is null no and void to me. <laughs> because then you could tell me what about it sucks, and we can talk. Right, because your
0: opinion is still valid. It's just, you know, defend oh, your opinion, part. motherfucker. Like, don't just tell me your opinion.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's like you know, I'm pretty sure that, puddle of mud still sucks without hearing their album but i have heard Puddle <laughs> of <Mud's> songs <laughs> and, <laughs> and guess still, what they still suck <laughs> they still suck so i can make a judgment call there right but i don't know man. <laughs> it, i just it's just my shit's my shit too i'm a Didn't bit of a jay uh do
0: that thing where he did 30 days of nickelback or something like that like <laughs>
1: Brilliant, brilliant torture artist like that, where he did thirty days of yes. Yeah, like
0: he like listened to like a Nickelback album every something like that. You but I just
1: critiqued it as to how why it was so.
0: <laughs> I love following that guy on social media just wow. because his posts are so inherently
1: anhedonic. Like it's so fucking fun. One of my favorite people in the world, Jason He uh. Yeah, he's got a special ad on stand up records. Jay's fucking great. He's one of the dudes I, I miss the most. That's,
0: uh, I actually met him and you at the same time in uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. And, uh, yeah, man. What a that fucking a fun show day. that was. Like, there was only, like what, 15 people at that show, but we had fun. Like, remember. <laughs> I
1: remember, <laughs> I I remember not, um, yeah, that was a smaller show because it was a weird date. I it was like Wednesday or something. Um, yeah. But we, I'd done that venue, what's it called something gold coast or something what was the name of that one? uh uh
0: uh lost beach lost beach that's what right. it was called yeah Old got, uh jersey contacted jersey me and out. goes hey come on out
1: yeah I And said, TJ, okay TJ Green, jersey out. yeah that was the first time i saw you um and i had done that venue solo once before i went up there and it was great it was like we did like a friday and it was fucking packed and awesome Hell yeah um and Fort Smith is one of those places that you know Eddie and I did Fort Smith too, but we did like some little theater thing and it was great. And that's one of those little gems. Like, um, uh, I, I really dislike little rock, <laughs> <laughs> but there's parts of Arkansas. I like Fayetteville is fucking awesome. You know? Like, oh yeah. There are Fort certain Smith- like
0: little gem cities that it's like, they love comedy and, and it's hot
1: springs, hot springs. Arkansas is a great little arts town. I've done great shows.
0: Up. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, man. Um, I brought Eddie there once, and I actually did a road story tour up there with Mike from the Ribo Gamblers and Kyle from the Sword. Hell yeah! Uh, we Very started fucking a cool. at a strip club without being there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a story for another time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well,
0: and I mean, oh yeah, we we should probably do the the, yeah, the, the, the podcast top. thing. But yeah, right. I I mean, I was like, I'm not going to get you on the podcast every every day. You know what I mean? So we got to get that stuff. Talked about I because know, I mean come on a, Now uh, You actually wanted to do a show That probably not a lot of people even heard About um, <laughs> but At first you were like well maybe we'll do Twilight Zone But you decided to go with this other project and it was Called
1: uh, It's called Night Gallery Which Night is Gallery. Rod Serling's follow up to the Twilight Zone and Okay the differences are, um, Now I back- haven't <laughs> Seen
0: much of this one honestly yeah. I watched a, lot, a of people, lot of Twilight Zone but
1: Okay a lot of people haven't I mean, because Twilight Zone, um, of course, they, you know, Sci-Fi Network and whatever does the marathons every year. and Right. It's, the, the episodes are iconic that are iconic for a reason. You know, the talky Tina doll or the, uh, you know, how to serve man or the gremlin on the wing or whatever, the, you know, iconic. Right. Um,
0: There's but, something on the
1: wing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, don't do that at the festival. I'll kick you off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's banned. He's never You're allowed so in here again. <laughs> Just 10 minutes of a William Shatner impression from 1967. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm not I'm above big, it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic for a reason. Right. <laughs> uh, um, uh, so I'm a, I'm a big literary Nerd, especially horror stuff, and so Richard Matheson. He wrote "I Am Legend" and all these other things, and he wrote. He's got a really awesome few collection of sorts short stories because he wrote like a ton of episodes of uh, Twilight Zone. he got hard as a writer, and so he wrote the the Gremlin on the Wing. He also, if you saw like, um, I don't know if it was Tales from the Dark Side or what, there was a vignette movie where the little Tiki Man comes alive and tries to kill the woman in her apartment okay yeah yeah he wrote that he wrote a lot of stuff that you know but no one knows you know he should be way more famous than he is right but anyway uh richard matheson wrote a ton of twilight zone stuff and i was reading his books and he also contributed to the later thing which was night gallery and night gallery was hosted by rod serling it was in color it was in the 70s into maybe like 80 81 i think it was primarily the 70s though okay and, um it's three vignettes, it lasts an hour, it's three different stories, and Rod Sterling wrote most of them and the rest that weren't written by him were mainly written by Richard Matheson and these other fucking amazing wow. writers. And so it's this kind of there's no real syndication rights on it though. I've never seen like Sci-Fi Network or something have Night Gallery. Um, right. Even I though remember,
0: there's essentially a cult following of Night Gallery. like
1: If people are really into Twilight Zone, they definitely know Night Gallery. But it's 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 not uncommon for people to go, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and, man, I bought, uh, you know, last year, Christmas gift to myself. I bought the entire box set. There's some Amazon sale. Of oh, all wow. People. And it's something like 500 hours. It's fucking crazy. Really? It's Jesus. really a lot of stuff. But they are all so well done. I mean, there's some clunkers, of course. But it's... Really, really well done,
0: I feel like I would have been freaked out a little bit if it's five hundred hours and there aren't any clunkers in there. you yeah. know what I mean? like
1: <laughs> well what's strange is sometimes they'll do like just a seven minute one that's just goofy and it'll be like you know <laughs> like. I, I think if Frankenstein went to a disco, it'd look like this, you know, just they, and they are like, well, that's <laughs> a weird segue. They're always real short.
0: You know, that um, it's just one of those, like, all right, in between these serious things I wrote, I smoked a bowl and I wondered right. what it would be like if this, if we exactly. made this. <laughs> yeah, Rob Sterling was on his
1: eighth cigarette break of the day and they were like, right. quick, write something. We'll <laughs> it in while he's out smoking cancer. Um, yeah. I'm smoking Chesterfields out here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Rod Serling was literally like, I think, a six-pack-a-day smoker. Jesus. And also, this is fucking crazy. Rod Serling, he wrote, I would say, 80% of the screenplays or the scripts or teleplays or whatever they called them back then. for Yeah. Obviously, a lot for The Twilight Zone, but also for Night Gallery. He was the primary guy. He wrote everything uh, either a little bit longhand or he would dictate it and have his secretary type it out. Oh, wow. Like, the stories he had and he would just speak it out. And have someone type it. And that's how he wrote, which is fucking crazy to me. That's insane. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I I, you know, being home during COVID, I started binge watching these things. And dude, they're fucking really inventive. And the cool thing is you see actors that are very famous now, and a lot of them dead, uh, in their infancy. You know, people that are like age 20. You right. know, like like Roddy McDowell from uh Oh wow was it was in there in a real early he was like uh, one of the Planet of the Apes, right? The guy, the, yeah, the yeah. guy, who fearless vampire hunter in Fright Night. And I think that's right yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he. It's like one of his early roles, and he plays this like scumbag nephew trying. He, his 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 uncle has all this money, but he has to die of natural causes, and he wants the money, right? And so, right, he takes his uncle, who's like an old man, and in this wheelchair, and basically is like, "Well, uncle, you're going to die today." And puts him in front of a cold, open window and just lets him catch pneumonia. What? (laughs) Exactly. I was like, I've never seen that before. You could do that. Holy shit! That, yeah, that might be like a little too real for some people. Like they're just kind of like, wait. I was like, oh, you know, he's going to push him down the stairs, or he's going to poison him. He just opened a window on a cold day and was like, you're fucking old and you're going to die. I'll be talking a few hours. (laughs) Um, Jesus. it's it's really really holds up and some of them I'm trying to think who else is in um oh what's his name who played uh Mick from Rocky. Uh oh um he was in Clash of the Titans. Um, yes. Burgess
0: Burgess Meredith.
1: Burgess uh, Meredith. Burgess uh Burgess he Meredith is like he's fun- definitely
0: a deep dive name for sure.
1: <laughs> Dude, Burgess, Burgess Meredith plays a fucking in one of these. He plays uh, an alcoholic who used to be a doctor. Now he's on the streets, right? He lost his license. That's and, fucking great. And he finds an abandoned doctor's kit, and uh, the doctor's kit is like a deal with the devil type thing where he can um, heal anyone with it. And he he becomes this prestigious doctor again, and then it's just this fall from grace. It's fucking it. The writing is so inventive wow And each comes a standalone you know so i mean i like right. you know we were talking about uh things you binge and, and my initial was like oh you know stuff that everybody always says like breaking bad or the wire or yeah you know um ozark was the last one that i really fucking loved Oof, and, uh, so good so good um or something even like arrested development where the writing is so brilliant you know and then man it did. is
0: it's it really is hard because like I, I kind of try and put myself into the position of the guests that it's like, I just asked you to pick a show. Like that's yeah. a lot to put on someone. And like right. week after week though, people are like, yeah, I, I totally know
1: which one I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I, I totally around right, with all in the family too, you know, stuff that just kind of holds up. That's time capsule. But right. Uh, the thing I really like about night um, gallery is that a, it feels a little more contemporary than the black and white twilight zone, which are classic and amazing. And a right. and place. But the vernacular and stuff is a little more current. Fair enough. Um, and it has got that cool kind of seventies stylized color. You know, it just I don't know. It's got a man that
0: aesthetic is just color. is timeless to me. Like, yeah. I feel like that aesthetic is how we all, no matter your age, how we all started watching TV, you know, it's, well, I say no matter your age, probably like, a little bit younger than me would be the would be yeah. the cut off on that one
1: <laughs> well it's like that that specific color wash of like starsky and hutch or chips or any of yep. those shows or, or mission impossible where it's just a very kind of almost washed out but a perfect kind of aesthetic where you just go this is from this it's like the beastie boys video for fucking sabotage you know yeah, like
0: yeah absolutely and i think that- too like there was that that level two of of like abandonment of reality almost to where it's like you understood i'm here to watch something that's fantastic and made up so i'm gonna suspend my belief my disbelief and whatnot and just watch this now you can't get away with that shit now it's like it's got to be completely on the money down to the the, you know smallest iota of detail otherwise you're gonna get just crucified on message boards like it's insanity
1: that's true um yeah because even a show that's similar like black mirror yeah you're they 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 are probably the closest i think in terms of brilliant writing to a twilight zone right now but so right they do need to have their fucking t's crossed and i's dotted absolutely with so much technology like you can't even
0: with the show that's as per i would even call it perfect as perfect as black mirror they still get shit from people that they're like, this would oh, never happen. Cool. It's like,
1: what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's a made up show. <laughs> well, that's a That actually, you know, come full circle here. I mean, that they came out swinging with that first episode. Yep. Uh, where the, the, the politician fucks a pig on live TV. Right. It's that was episode it. one. <laughs> that was episode one. But case in point to what we were talking about earlier, that wasn't just for shock value. Like, that was an affecting. Yep. Episode that was like holy shit, and it was visceral and disturbing, but it really had it a point. Resonated, it resonated. It had a point. It wasn't just, oh, this dude fuck a pig. Right. You know? It wasn't like credits. Guy fucking pig. Credits. Like. I mean, it was. It it really. It, I mean, you can't watch that episode and not be affected. You can't right. tell me that that's not quality writing like you're
0: going to think about that at least once or twice within like a week of watching it like
1: i I was watching an episode (laughs) of a guy fucking a pig like (laughs) i made the black mirror action figure of the guy with the pig and just his (laughs) back with the back to everyone um (laughs) I, i did love to in
0: that episode it didn't just cut right after that it showed like the fallout of his family of his political career everything from doing what he had to do and you're just like that was the point of it the point was you're going to do what you have to do but there is going to be a fallout every time like something's going to happen no matter what your decision is
1: yeah it's crazy um
0: well and and with the night gallery would you say that that was kind of like black mirror-esque as far as like for the time
1: well, I was gonna say, I mean, there's a lot of Twilight Zone episodes that I, Rod Serling was a genius. He uh, absolutely his ability to take political stuff, especially like McCarthyism and Red Scare, and a lot of that is heavy right. in Twilight Zone episodes, obviously, right? Um, and yeah, he big definitely, fan. big that. fan, <laughs> yeah, it definitely, it definitely does that in terms of um, the '70s. It's it's less Red Scare stuff and more you can see like there's a lot of like racial tension shit right and a lot of like you know even like kind of like police stuff and just kind of
0: my how far we've come huh yeah
1: really <laughs> um, good thing we got yeah, over all of that <laughs> yeah. you know there's one episode that comes to mind where it's like this this guy goes basically for a consultation to like a, a military school he's in his his kid has been fucking off in school and getting into some fights and he's a daydreamer or whatever, you know? Right. And, and the whole concept is, you know, we straighten out the troubled youth and whatever. And the, the dad has to wrestle with, is this the place I want? Cause on paper, you know, he meets some of the cadets and they're all very respectful and very straight and narrow and whatever. Right. And then I, he's like, all right. Yeah. I think this is the right move. I'll send my son here. And they sign away, you know, rights to his son, basically. Right. And sign his like, fucking oh. life away. <laughs> Right. And then on his way out, you know, he's, he's driving out and he sees the gatekeeper guard guy who's like in his 50s. And he's like, how you doing? You know, have a good day, sir, or whatever. And he's, he's like, "Yep, yeah, proud to proud to still be here at this place, whatever. He's like, how long you been here? He's like, I've been here 40 some odd years since I, my dad signed me up when I was 16. And it was like, oh, shit. It's just like this. <laughs> and, and man, It's just like it's so effective. Because it's hard to do without, you know, hitting your message over the head. It's it's hard to be subtle and nuanced and all that stuff. Um, And and nobody did it, I think, as as well as Rod Serling in a lot of ways.
0: Well, and it is funny to kind of talk about subtlety in reference to things like Twilight Zone or Night Gallery or anything like that. Because subtlety isn't exactly something that, like, you would initially think for watching, like, your first episode of it. Like right. you're just kind of like, oh, this is over the top. Like, let me get this straight. This guy has three eyes or something like that. You know, something crazy. But yeah. in reality, it dealt solely in subtlety and like really getting a point across. Like, if you want to take it just for the paranormal, whatever you can. Right. Sure. But there's always a message.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's the difference between night gallery or and something like you know the I have a subscription to Shutter, like the new creep show. Yeah, about. yeah we like even Tales from the Crypt, you know. Like there's always kind of a Tales from the Crypt. It's interesting the different formulas in these shows because Tales from the Crypt it was largely uh, always kind of a cautionary tale in that the villain o- ultimately gets their comeuppance, right? Right, like every time. Tales from the Crypt is like it's not just some victim falling prey to a vampire. It's like the the scumbag who pushed the old woman into traffic, right? You know, <laughs> Slips on a marble and now is a paraplegic or something but Right and
0: then like you know The way those shows work the old woman's about to Walk in and be like Welcome to hell you know what I mean yeah, like exactly, exactly it's always like that I've, I've never thought about that it is always like That
1: <laughs> oh man I remember There's a brilliant one night gallery Episode starring uh, Sonny Bono And no Sonny, fucking way Oh dude it's so good it's It's this total misdirection and it, and It's Sonny Bono and um, What's her name not Doris Day or a female comedian. Shit. Big white hair. She did a lot of roasts. Phyllis Diller. Okay. okay. Phyllis Diller and, and Sonny Bono and Sonny Bono is in a a funeral home Uh and he's talking to, you know, there's a coffin there and he's like, I finally got rid of you. You old bag years and years being married to you. I never have to hear you again. Blah, 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 blah. Wow and Phyllis Diller is, is this disembodied voice of the shrieking wife going you'll never escape me I'm still blah 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 I'm still oh, with you. shit. we're gonna be together forever and he's going nope we're done finally like this is it and then in the end you know it goes back and forth in just this bitter relationship and she's like I know you killed me he's like yeah I did I hate your guts blah 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 and then uh, wow uh, and he's like this has been the best week of my life you know all this sort of shit <laughs> And then, and she's like, yeah, well, we're, we're together forever and whatever. He's like, nah, I'm going to leave now. And she goes, yeah, try it. And she walks to the door and you walk by the coffin and it's him in the coffin. Oh, and basically, wow. His personal hell because he killed her is being trapped in this room with her as a disembodied voice forever. So he's Jesus. been this total like fucking you know Bruce Willis is a ghost thing, right? But it's so well written that you don't think about it at all until the end, and you just go, "Oh fuck!" Willis <laughs> Diller yell at him for eternity. Um,
0: <laughs> I feel like that would be any of of our personal hell is
1: just Willis yeah, Diller not, screaming at great. us for eternity. Yeah, just sounds like a cigar come to life. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's, not, that's just a few episodes, I guess. But yeah, anybody who, definitely if you like the Twilight Zone, but just um, the best way to do it is wait for one of those Amazon sales and just get the DVDs or the Blu-rays. Absolutely. Like, I think it was like 30 bucks.
0: No shit. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to have to do that here in a second, actually, because.
1: seasons two for, you know, 10 or $15, but get the whole thing because the, the, the writing is incredible and there's a lot of extras on the, the box set. Hell yeah. Uh, and if you're ever in Binghamton, New York, which I don't recommend going to. <laughs> I did one show in Binghamton, and uh, the promoter paid me fine, and it was it was weird. But uh, apparently Rod Serling was from Binghamton, New York, and the venue I played was the Rod Serling Museum. No uh, shit. Yeah, because there's no proper venues in Binghamton. It's this kind of depressed old industrial town with a college there. <laughs> uh, although I did see Billy Idol once and met him there, and that was real cool. Oh Amazing. fuck. Um, at this venue that is long gone, but, uh, the, this was had to be five years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was the Rod Serling museum wow. in, in New York. And we did the show there. It was like this little, like, uh, I don't know, this little seated side theater place where they give, I guess the talk about Rod. Uh, but the venue was filled with,
0: I think all teenagers hot... get that, right? The talk about, Rod. Oh yeah. It's, the hot
1: <laughs> it's a hot destination. Um, uh, <laughs> And uh, but the but the the place has like a full you know glass display with a lot of Twilight Zone shit you know very cool like Rod Sterling's typewriter that apparently he didn't use because he dictated everything (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) wow that typewriter looks great yeah you know animals that killed him or whatever Jesus they've just Uh, oh this is his ashtray it was actually used more than the typewriter right (laughs) Uh, so that was you know that was one kind of fun. Well, I'm glad I went there and saw that and won't ever come back. Uh, <laughs> I came, I saw, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, if you're, ever, if you're ever stranded in Binghamton, New York, go check that out. Otherwise, there are places
0: <laughs> that you're not visiting. You're stranded there. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Would you, uh, I mean, as far as like, you know, the reasons to binge this, besides the fact that it's genius and of course it is, it's, it was written by him and everything. Would you say that it's like horror nerds also would get a huge kick out of this like Night Gallery?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's also way more horror centric than sci fi centric as okay. Twilight Zone. And Twilight Zone, I, I definitely think is more, way more sci fi. This is right. less aliens and stuff, and more kind of like ghosts or just kind of you know creep show esque revenge tales and stuff like that. So yeah. I like that stuff better. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and so it, like I said, the goofiest part of it is kind of just like, um, well, the was it the. Um, what was the one with the dad from a Christmas story? Was that Night Stalker uh, where he plays the reporter from a Christmas uh, story? Oh, uh, uh, Coldchak, Coldchak, the night stalker. Yeah. yeah. He, the dad from a Christmas story, whose name I'm blanking on plays like a reporter. And every episode is like, there's a fucking Scooby-Doo vampire that's draining the right. blood out of, out of hardcore bikers. And we need you to investigate. It's like, <laughs> okay. Uh, so it's kind of goofy, but also fun um well, so that's the- why we
0: watch tv for so long you know what i mean that yeah. it was just like we knew man life sucks give me like a re- fucking release for a little bit there's
1: nothing wrong with escapism i am a i, I love indie cinema but i am fine with a popcorn blockbuster like fucking yeah you have to have that
0: palate cleanser because if it's all reality based and everything all the time it's like
1: well fuck <laughs> yeah dude
0: some nights I don't want to watch Requiem for a Dream
1: again. Right. You know, like
0: I'm yeah. good with just showing me some fucking sitcom ass shit. Like give me the canned laughter. I don't care. Like just let me yeah. smoke a bowl and relax instead of fucking thinking about the human condition all the goddamn time. Right.
1: <laughs> but I think, yeah, I mean the two biggest draws I think for people unaware of it are A, the writing, because the writing is incredible between Richard Matheson and and Serling. Absolutely. And that sounds also, amazing. Um, it's, it's one of those binge worthy things where you can, they're all standalone. So you can literally stop and leave, you know, and, and each episode is about 45 minutes to an hour. That's strange too. There's no set runtime. Some of them are like 35 minutes. It was kind of strange. Which Um, I mean,
0: they do now, but that's because we have streaming. Like back then it was like, you had to adhere to a specific schedule. Exactly.
1: I mean, Black Mirror does that too. I think they're, they're whatever it it, The runtime is the runtime, right? Yeah um, e- but exactly that, and, but
0: yeah. I mean for streaming That works fine like you're just kind of like oh this was A shorter one cool but right. whenever It was on TV you know it's like Wait yeah. we tuned in for a half hour Show like why are we not getting a half hour Show
1: well what's wild is you still get the Half hour show they'll just jam more commercials in it Or spread it out if they only wrote right <laughs> that <week.
0: That's laughs> I remember that. watching TV one night It was a late night I've always been an in insomniac And so it's yeah. like middle of the night and in the Middle of a three stooges episode They put a full on Infomercial Yeah, and I was just sitting there being like,
1: "The fuck, man!" (laughs) Yeah, they do that. That's yeah, that's true. It's funny because I literally only have you know like, like everybody got rid of cable, so I have like my Roku with Netflix, Amazon Prime, and fucking Shutter, and just DVDs. And but when I'm when I'm in hotels, yeah, you know the last time Eddie and I were actually in Hot Springs, Arkansas, the hotel was like an old TV, like one of those old like where the motel says, like, HBO, color television. It was like like a TV, not a flat screen. It was like a fucking TV (laughs) with a remote that you could murder someone with. It was heavy enough. Like,
0: if you moved, you need multiple people to move this TV. Right.
1: And they had, like, I just turned it on, and it was all just time-life collections. And it was like, the best of Robin Williams or the best of George Carlin. (laughs) And I could hear Eddie in the next room. We were both watching the same George Carlin, like, time-life collection. (laughs) commercial because we were laughing at the same shit like fucking office space <laughs> through the walls you know uh, <laughs>
0: turn it to channel three man check out the rack on that chick <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. well and like
0: with uh i i gotta ask you too you said you got shutter right is that worth the the monthly
1: you know what's wild it's only five bucks uh, but i i i got it as a gift for my birthday and i tore through everything pretty quick because there's only like seven or eight episodes of creep show and they're, they're pretty good they're fun they're not okay. amazing um there's some cool cult classic stuff on there um and increasingly they've been doing like the Netflix thing where there's shutter originals
0: right right a buddy of mine told me there was one recently that he enjoyed I'm trying to remember which one it was but he goes you know because I love horror movies but I'm the guy that like you know how like you'll be eating a meal and you save that last bite because it's going to be really really good so you save it to the end I save yeah. horror movies for like nights like tonight where it's like I blocked off time, like I'm going to turn oh, yeah, my phone yeah, yeah. off and everything. But oh, like yeah. uh, I remember, he said too that uh, Rob Zombies, that third installment of uh, the House of a Thousand Corpses and all that was on there.
1: Yeah, that's it's okay. Uh, it's called like Thirty or something like that. It's. It's. it's uh, I mean, he even said oh, he was no, like, I'm "It's sorry. okay." Sorry. Yeah, no, no, I'm confusing that with a different one. I'm
0: confusing. Yeah the out. the three from hell I think it's three called.
1: Yeah, that was cool. I mean, I, I don't know. He said yeah, the Zombie. the
0: end really hinges on this one little person character that is just not important yeah. to the entire story.
1: <laughs> I like Rob Zombie stylistically. I don't think the writing's always there.
0: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, Devil's Rejects, I think, the best out of that <laughs> trilogy. But yep. at the same time, I enjoyed it for probably the wrong reasons. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Like, like Brian Pissane has that little part, and he was fucking hilarious. And then, like... But it was more serial killer type thing, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's more in my wheelhouse. I love serial killers. Like, we had I really
1: a the, uh, Lords of Salem. I thought that was a. It was very kind of biting off Kubrick, but I liked the imagery and stuff in that one. I, I kind of
0: the that. Lords of Salem.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed that. Hell yeah!
0: I'll have to uh, check. it. I haven't seen that one.
1: Oh, you haven't seen that? Oh, that's uh-uh. like his. Oh, check it out. It's it's cool. It's got D. Wallace from the Howling in it, and it's 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 his kind of witch one okay uh, it's definitely worth a look I, that's my favorite rob zombie film okay um, cool I'll have to check but that that a question on shutter like there's a shutter they produced it with fangoria mm-hmm. called vfw which is fucking great it's a total grindhouse sleaze movie Shit. and it's this all these old timers character actors it's like the the cobra kai bed you know sensei from karate kid oh yeah
0: it? yeah the old guy
1: yeah, the, like you know, like the the jerk sensei from the original Karate Kid, right. as like the sleazy real estate agent, and um, oh wow, Norm from Cheers is in it. Uh, <laughs> George Went. Like, yeah, George <laughs> Went like, he's eight hundred years old, and just a it's just a lot of great character actors, and it's this great like you know old now old old war vets defend their VFW from invading scumbags. Fuck uh, it's yeah. very it's very reminiscent of. Um, assault on precinct 13 or anything like that okay yeah yeah but that's like a shutter like original exclusive um and so that's worth it alone you know i, I basically i had it for a few months and then i canceled it and then i they got a bunch of new stuff and i restarted it and i've been digging it so. well and you
0: said it was only like five bucks so i mean
1: yeah, it was like five or six dollars if you have Amazon on prime so okay
0: yeah i already have that because i mean i wasn't going to miss out on some of the shit they're putting out jesus christ for real But uh, hey, man, we'll go ahead and uh, I know you got shit to do today. You uh, got some some festival stuff to do. Some some I I got a
1: phone, but uh, but thanks for having me, man. This has been fun. I hope we talked enough about the show. I know we could talk (laughs) forty five minutes of me name dropping people to you and telling. Oh
0: no, dude, we had an episode where he, uh, my buddy Mike, came on to talk about Better Call Saul. I think uh, within an hour and a half, we talked about the show for ten minutes. (laughs)
1: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Well, but I always ask
0: too. uh, Did you have fun?
1: Oh, I had a blast. Yeah, Fuck and yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing in the fall, if not before that. So com is the place to go for all the those announcements and uh, tickets and stuff. And tickets are selling well, so if people are yeah. there, it's the end of October in Austin. And uh, all of the dates I have coming up with Pepitone can be found at jtcomedy.com or eddiepeppitone.com. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, hey, it was
0: an absolute pleasure having you on the show, man. I've, I've been stoked about this one since we booked it.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for working with my zany schedule too. I've been on the East Coast and shit bouncing around, so absolutely appreciate that.
0: For sure. And of course, uh, as always, uh, if you're out there and you want to email the podcast or whatever, we do have an email address, uh, bingepodcast918 at gmail.com. I have got a few fun emails from people that say things like, you know, fuck you and things like that. So that's always fun. <laughs> that's but, comedy. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, for uh, J.T. Haverset, my name is Cheryl Norton and uh, I can't speak for J.T., but uh, I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> See you guys.